Chicago 15, slot right, single receiver, Hester to the left. Press coverage, snap to Haney, throws it over the middle. Intercepted, Wisconsin Sports Trilogy presents the Packers Trilogy Podcast. Heyo, Packer fans, what's going on? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy Podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am your host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. Today, I am not joined by Tyler. He sounds like he... Just needs to maybe spend some time with his wife um, as he decided to go snowmobiling this weekend um, and left his wife alone on Valentine's Day weekend. And I think he just needs to spend some time with her. So you're going to have to deal just with me on the podcast today. Um, as always, make sure you're checking out our podcast on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as well. You can check us out on all of those platforms. Today, my focus is going to be, again, a little bit on Joe Barry. wanted to get Tyler's thoughts on the Joe Barry hire to see just, just kind of what he thought, what he... You know, is it a good thing? All those types of things. Because I was solo on the last podcast, so I just wanted to get his thoughts, but we're not going to be able to do that. So I'm going to dive a little bit on, dive into some information I've looked at. Um, and, and I actually went back and watched some of the games when he was the DC in Washington and just kind of look at, you know, what types of defense they're playing, all those types of things. Um, and then we'll get into a little bit of extra talk. Obviously, we'll talk a little bit about J.J. Watt, salary cap, um, and that will probably be the end end of the show for this week. So without further ado, let's just get into this. Um, And hopefully, you know, sometime relatively soon, we can get Tyler's thoughts on the hire. But let's just jump into kind of my film overall takeaways from the film that I looked at. Um, I did only get a chance to look at the vast majority of just two games. Um, I didn't, wasn't able to watch any more than that. Um, And I think overall it was, it was kind of interesting because I purposely picked games that weren't close together. So I could see if there was anything different uh, between the two, all those types of things. So in 2015, his first week as a, or yeah, first game as a DC against the Dolphins. Ryan Tannehill was the quarterback. Again, 2015 week one. What I noticed from that is Tampa two, Tampa two, Tampa two, Tampa two. If you don't know what Tampa two is, it is a zone coverage scheme. Um, you know, you can dress it up in different ways, but generally, what happens is. The safeties have deep halves, 
of the field. So they um, cover the the back half of the defense again in half the field. Each safety has half the field. And the cornerbacks typically will have flat coverage. They can be adjusted, but typically those corners will, will have the flat coverage. Um, and then linebackers kind of make up the middle of the field. One of them's in, you know, the middle in between the safeties, but not as deep. Um, and then the other two coverage players, whether it be a slot corner or a linebacker, whatever it is, um, kind of fill in between that middle linebacker and the two corners or the flat, you know, whoever has the flats. Um, so that that's kind of what that Tampa 2 kind of looks like. Rush 4, drop into zone coverage in that formation. And with that, there is some weaknesses in that scheme. So the seams can be a weakness up the middle of the field due to the safeties having to cover the sidelines. Um, that can be an issue. And once you're past the linebacker, it makes it really a big issue, um, especially if the safeties are falling off towards the outside at all. Um, that does make it in a little bit easier of a throw for a quarterback. Otherwise, there's these zones where it's behind the cornerback or the flat defender and in front of the safeties. There's that little pocket that is almost always open um, when you play that Tampa 2 coverage. So there are some weaknesses to it, just like every defense. I saw that the vast majority of the times, especially early in downs. Um, you know, first and 10, it was almost always when the Dolphins were passing, it was almost always a Tampa 2 coverage. Rush four and drop into that zone coverage with seven guys. Um, I did notice a lot more man um, on third and shorts, you know, press coverage man, which I'm sure a lot of Packer fans will be enthused to hear um that that was kind of the big picture takeaways not a lot of blitzing in that game um their run stop stuffing was good um i don't know if that was more uh that was the dolphins or if that was joe barry or if that really just was the the personnel that washington had at the time that they were able to make those third Third and short, fourth and short type situations, they were very good. There's a couple situations in this game where they were able to get stops in those situations. That was kind of my big picture takeaways from that first game that I watched. Um, you know, watch that on, on Coach's film just to kind of see, you know, how exactly everyone's dropping those types of things. That was the vast majority. Um, and I can't remember if it was this game or the other game. Um, but... Preston Smith had a sack fumble in the other or in this game or the other game. Um, I also noticed Preston dropping to the flats a lot. So um, he was asked to drop in Washington. Joe Barry was a part of that. Um, now I don't think Preston's going to be on the team, but you know that that is something to kind of consider with the defense that he's bringing in. That that those outside linebackers may need to drop into coverage on occasion. Um, moving ahead, the next game I watched was in 2016, so the next year in Week 10. I just picked a random kind of middle week that, you know, Joe Barry was, again, the defensive coordinator. He got fired after the 2016 season. Against This was against the Bengals. Andy Dalton was the quarterback. I definitely noticed in this game 
there was more man than zone, and there was a lot more blitz packages. I liked um, some of the blitz packages, you know, show one side, blitz the other, or, you know, show the middle, blitz the middle, but then on top of that have a stunt coming up the middle to create a free rusher. You know, it was um, that one in particular, I believe it was Ryan Kerrigan coming off the edge and then doing a stunt up the middle, and he had a free rush um, on Andy Dalton. Like, there was some ingenuity in those blitz packages. I don't know if it was just because of Andy Dalton that they were playing, that they felt like that was a way that they could take advantage of the offense. I'm not really 100% sure on that. Um, But it definitely looked intentional. And it appeared to work pretty dang well most of the time. Um, So... That was definitely something I noticed. There was a lot more blitzing. Again, I don't know if that was a result of that game or if he was, he being Joe Barry, was starting to use the blitzing man coverage scheme a little bit more often. Um, There was a few instances in this game where uh, play action seemed to be a little bit of concern and it looked like a discipline issue, which as a coach... You can't let that happen. That's part of your job. Um, but it just did not seem like they were ready for it. They they got burnt a couple times on it. And if it wasn't for um, defensive pressure with the four that they were bringing, um, they would have had they would have had some big issues there. But overall, uh, it was just a couple plays. So maybe it was just again part of that game, uh, part of the game plan against them. Those types of things. In this game, I noticed mainly a 3-4 front. Uh, when they're in sub, it looks like they go to four down linemen and what appears to be two linebackers and then five uh, defensive backs. So that's kind of what it looks like. I would definitely prefer that over just blitzing three like Mike Pettin did at times this past season. Um, so, and with the defensive line he had, they were able to get some pressure with Preston Smith, Ryan Kerrigan. You know, they had some guys that that could get after the quarterback a little bit. Um, so that, I imagine there will be quite a bit of that kind of 4-2-5 look for the Packers. Um, and other than that, when they were in their base, it appeared to be a 3-4 um, most of the time. You know, three down linemen, two outside linebackers, and those two interior guys as well. Um, And like I said before, there was a lot more man in this situation and in this game in 2016 against the Bengals than there was in 2015 against the Dolphins. But there's definitely a combination in both the games. Um, You know, there, there was definitely times where Joe Barry felt like you know, one is definitely better than the other in certain situations, and he wasn't afraid to move off of that um, and use different types of schemes and things like that. But definitely um, more zone in the first game, and I noticed more man in the second game. So we'll we'll kind of have to keep an eye on that as we're moving forward with him. But overall, I wasn't immensely, like, concerned with what happened. Um in those games again, you know, Dalton led Bengals and Tannehill led Dolphins. They weren't great offenses then, but 
you know, the defense seemed to do its job pretty well, and and the def- the defensive play calling did not seem to, you know, hurt the team that much. And it, it's been said many times since the hire, he hasn't had this level of talent on a team when he's been the coordinator, at least. Um, in Washington, with the Lions, that they did, they just don't have the talent that this Packers defense has. So let's see what he can do with it. Because, like I said, there was... There was some unique blitzes. There was, uh, you know, blitzes that you blitz or you bring one extra guy, you know, instead of four, you're taking five. So technically it's a blitz, but you're creating a free rusher with a stunt. You know, there's different things that he did that I thought were were pretty good and, and pretty exciting. So um, I am not going to, it's not my cup of tea to try to break down defenses not what I'm particularly good at, but I did want to look at this and kind of see what could we kind of expect. And and I still don't know how to answer that question. I still don't know if it's going to be Tampa 2, if it's going to be um, a lot of zone or a lot of man. And I guess we're just going to have to kind of figure that out as we go. And that's going to be something that we're not going to truly know unless we start hearing stuff from Joe Barry or Matt LaFleur stuff starts coming out in training camp, you know, we might not know till preseason or regular season what this defense truly is going to look like. Um, but something I wanted to mention, something that I, I did look back and try to see what's been go- what was going on with him, what he liked to run, those types of things. Next, let's move ahead and talk J.J. Watt. So I want to start this out by saying I think it would be amazing if the Packers can land J.J. Watt. I think just thinking of, you know, we're talking four-man fronts and only rushing four a lot of the times, you know, occasionally bringing a blitz, stunts, stuff like that. But if you're just bringing four and say, go win, if you have J.J. Watt, now you have Kenny Clark, J.J. Watt, Rashawn Gary, and Zadarius Smith, who, like, they can't double everyone, Um and, and who do you double? And something that I saw on Twitter earlier today was that between Zadarius Smith and J.J. Watt, they were the two most double-teamed guys in the league. Now, I don't know if Aaron Donald just wasn't calculated into this or he was triple-teamed so often they didn't count that as double-team. I don't really know. Um, but you can't double both of them. Unless you keep a tight end or a back end. And if you do that, then you have Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark on one-on-ones all the time. And there, it's just, it's exciting to think about that those four could just rush the passer and get consistent pressure just with those four. You don't have to send anyone else. You can drop everyone into coverage and feel confident that the quarterback's only got you know three seconds to get the ball away, and if he doesn't, well, he's going to be in the dirt. Um, and that that aspect is super exciting, and that makes the secondary so much better. And they're continuing to gel and, and play better as it is. You know that makes it easy on whatever whoever that other corner is going to be opposite Jair. All of those things it helps every single one of those. Um, so it is very exciting. Now I am not by any means confident that it will. I think J.J. Watt can still make quite a bit of money. 
I think, you know, the Packers aren't going to be able to pay it unless he really wants to take a hometown discount. But there's going to have to be some cap moving and finagling and, and all of this stuff, plus probably, you know, deferred money out to next, the following year. You know, there's there's a lot of things that have to go on in order for this to happen. I just, I don't know if it will. Like I said, I think it would be awesome. Um, I love J.J. Watt. I loved him when he was in Wisconsin. I've loved him as basically as long as he's been known um, to the Badgers and, and beyond. I've, I've always loved J.J. Watt. He's a great player. He's a great person, great human being. I'd love him on the team. I just don't know how likely it is. Um, and, you know, hopefully Brian Gutekunst and Russ Ball just say, yeah, we hear you, but we're going to do it anyways, and they're going to find a way. That'd be awesome, um, and I would absolutely love it, but I don't think it's going to happen, and that's where I'm going to leave it just because I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it pays to spend a ton of time talking about J.J. Watt when I don't think it's particularly likely that that will happen. So let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about the salary cap because it kind of, you know, if we're going to get J.J. Watt, there has to be significant changes to this salary cap. So it sounds like the salary cap will end around 180 or so million. Even with that, you know, there was a potential it'd be at 175. Even with the extra five or so million dollars, uh, the Packers still have to cut. And they have to make some different cuts, whether that be actual cutting players or restructuring deals extending deals to defer money out, all these types of things. The Packers still need, according to Ken Ingles on Twitter, he's a genius with the Packers cap. If you don't follow him on Twitter, follow him because he has a lot of this salary cap stuff down um, and understands a lot of it. He's got a lot of good stuff. Um, On February 13th, he said just over $21 million to go left on the Packers cap to get down to where they need it to be. So that includes the restructuring of David Bakhtiari's deal. And they did that again to help. David Bakhtiari did that again to lessen the cap space for 2021. Um, The money is eventually going to go to a different year. Um, this created $8.3 million in cap space by converting his $11 million roster bonus into signing bonus, again, and spreading that out over the length of the contract. He has, um, he'll make the same amount of money. Everything's the same. It's just about, you know, what, where the money comes out on, and according to the cap. Um, so it, it does help that, um, Again, that's still $21 million that they got to go to improve. You know, what does that mean? Does that mean there's going to be an extension for someone? Devontae Adams is probably the most likely. Uh, Jair Alexander is another one, but he's going to add cap because he's a rookie um, on his rookie deal. Um, but contract extension, Devontae Adams could, you know, help the cap. Um, Ken Ingles, again, he has a realistic example or estimates for uh extension for Devontae Adams 
Uh, a three-year extension, 75 mil in new money. So that easy math, 25 mil a year on average. Um, 27 of that is signing bonus. He gets the the deal totals with his current deal and everything. Um, a little over 88 million, making him the second highest paid wide receiver behind only DeAndre Hopkins, who makes 27. million every single year, making his 2021 cap hit just over 12 million, which which would actually save the Packers in 2021 4.4 million dollars. So there's another little bit of change that you know the Packers can save and and start chunking away there. They can restructure contracts like the David Bakhtiari one. You know, they can cut a player. I imagine Preston Smith is going to be a part of that. That'll be about $8 million that they can save there. Um, you know, there is they a player can also take a reduction in salary. I don't find that particularly likely. Um, but those are the things that can happen shortly here to help this. Um, another thing, uh, we talked about the restructuring of David Bakhtiari. Aaron Rodgers is another one that could take a restructure. Maybe that's going to be a little bit of an extension as well. We'll see. He has a $6.8 million roster bonus that is due next month. Um, And if they can convert that to signing bonus, you know, they can extend it out like they did David Bakhtiari. Again, another one, like I said, $8 million in dead cap for Preston Smith. He's likely going to be cut. They need need all of that. (laughs) They definitely need all of that money. Um, and I imagine that that will happen. Uh, Christian Kirksey, another potentially likely cut for the Packers. Um, it would save a little over 5.6 million in 2021 by releasing him. Maybe they restructure it, but I imagine that is probably a release as well. Um, so based on what I said from cutting Preston, um, and cutting Christian Kirksey, you know, we're at about 13.6 or so million that the Packers would be saving, and we need 21. So we're we're getting close, even just with those two moves on top of the the already um, restructured deal from David Bakhtiari. You know, you could look at restructuring Z's deal. You know, he's making a lot of money. As well, you know, restructuring, moving some of that money to signing bonus, um, you know, maybe maybe that can help the salary cap in 2021 as well. Uh, we'll have to kind of see exactly how the numbers would be there, but that could be an option. Uh, they could also push him out, you know, instead of just restructuring, maybe it's a restructure and extending for another year or two. We'll, we'll kind of have to see what happens there. I think either one of those could definitely happen, especially with a release of Preston Smith. You know, with Rajon Carey coming up, you want to keep that kind of foundational part of your defense on the roster for as long as you can, and Z is definitely that. Um, releasing Preston, or sorry, not Preston. We already talked about Preston. Releasing Dean Lowry uh, could save the Packers $3.3 million in 2021 um and if they actually designate him as a post june one cut he would save uh four he'd save 4.8 million so i am with 4.8 is the number um 
I imagine that will be one that probably happens and, and probably needs to happen. So to me, right now we're at about you know 18 million, 19 million, and we got two million that we need to cut yet just to get underneath. Um, so there's definitely a lot that needs to happen. Other things that could happen: release Rick, Rick Wagner, or maybe restructure that deal. See if you can cut that deal. You know, give him an extra year and cut the cap for this year. Um, Adrian Amos, can we extend or restructure him? Like I already talked about, extend Devontae Adams to save that little over four million. Restructure Billy Turner. Um, that that could be. A, a good move as well. Some other smaller moves, you know, you could cut guys like Devin Funches, Lucas Patrick, Josh Jackson, um, and maybe Mason Crosby could save 2.5 million, but I don't think that's the right choice at all. Um, but there's definitely got to be some moves there. And, you know, I got us to about 18, 19 million just by, you know, releasing those players. Um, the restructures, the extensions are going to help that as well. So there is salary cap concerns. So just signing J.J. Watt, just to sign J.J. Watt is not potentially, it's not that easy because there's a lot of things that need to happen to get under the cap. Um, so definitely something you have to take into consideration as much as we would all love that as Packer, as Badger fans. We would all love that, you know, give him a chance to bring the Lombardi back to Lambeau. And, you know, as a kid that grew up in Pewaukee, that he wants to lace him up for the green and gold. And he wants to to bring the Lombardi back home to Titletown. You know he wants to do that. Um, that would be awesome for everyone. But like I said, it, it's going to take a lot of cap moving, a lot of... You know, Russ Ball is going to be working overtime here to try to figure all this out. Uh, so definitely something to watch in this offseason. It's going to be a fun offseason. There's a lot of salary cap stuff going on. The draft's going to be coming up, of course. Free agency. What is free agency going to be with the cap in, you know, ev not everyone, but a lot of teams are, are kind of in dire straits here with the cap. Pittsburgh's in rough spots. Packers are not in a good spot. You know, there's a lot of teams in this situation. The Saints, lots of teams that are going to have to finagle the cap and, and have to cut players. Maybe that means, you know, it's not just J.J. Watt. There's other players, you know, close to his caliber that could be available because teams just can't afford to pay these guys in this year. So something to keep an eye on we will have more draft stuff coming out next week for sure and i am i don't want to spoil anything i don't want to you know get your guys' hopes up but i do we're working on um a pretty big time guest i'm very very excited to talk to him um i i really hope we can get him on and find a time that works for everyone and it, it you're going to learn a lot if we're able to get him on. So be on the lookout for that. Um, check out the Brewers Trilogy podcast. You can find all of our stuff at Trilogy underscore pod. Um, and until next time, go Pack Go!